Hello, and welcome to the Government Digital Service Podcast. My name is Vanessa Schneider, and I am Senior Channels and Community Manager at GDS. Today, we will be talking about GovUK Platform as a Service. GDS has a reputation for creating best-in-class digital products and services for government, and GovUK Platform as a Service, or GovUK PaaS for short, is one of them. GovUK PaaS helps public sector organizations to secure and swiftly host their digital services without worrying about infrastructure. It's currently used by 131 organizations, runs 1,652 applications, and recently celebrated passing its live service assessment, providing a joined-up experience across channels. Joining me now are Claire Barnett and Mark Buckley. Thank you for being here. Would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Hi, everyone. I'm Claire. Um, I'm a senior user researcher on gov.uk PaaS, um, and my role involves spending most of my time with users of gov.uk PaaS, um, understanding um, what they need from our platform, um, understanding how current features work and what we can do to improve them, and also understanding how we might need to develop the product in the future to help meet needs that we're not currently catering for. Great. Thanks, Claire. Mark? Hi, uh, I'm Mark Buckley. I'm product manager on gov.uk PaaS. Um, and that means that uh, a lot of the user needs and things that Claire identifies and um, other folks on the team, uh, I help to prioritize in order to iterate and hopefully make that product better. Great. So both of you mentioned GovUK PaaS, and I also gave an introduction at the top of the episode, but I'm sure our listeners would value hearing from an expert what GovUK PaaS actually is. So gov.uk platform as a service, um, or as we abbreviate it to, uh, to PaaS, as it's quite the mouthful, is a cloud hosting platform, essentially, uh, where service teams around government and public sector can uh, use us to host their applications and digital services in the cloud. So whether that's a service living on gov.uk, uh, like a, a teaching vacancy service, um, or a simple informational website um, such as technical documentation or something like that uh, they can host their those applications um, on our platform the platform side of it um, and is doing the sort of hard work of connecting and running um, the infrastructure uh, that underpins the world wide web so uh, akin to the plumbing in a house we take care of that so the uh, service teams don't have to. Great. Thanks, Mark. Claire, as a user researcher, can you tell us why should people use PaaS? Does that come up maybe in your work? Uh, yeah, it absolutely does. And, um, you know, I'm talking to our users all the time and um, I'm always hearing one of the things that we hear is how we can improve the product, but we're always hearing the good stuff as well and why people use us. Um, and I mean, essentially, um, PAS is there to help teams avoid unnecessary overheads. So um, it means that they don't have to run the infrastructure themselves and they don't have web ops capability in-house, which means they can focus their time and budget on running their service. Um, and what we hear from our users is that using GovUK PAS it means that they can avoid procurement blockers and it's much easier. Um, to to use us than it is other commercial services um, because they don't have to go through long procurement processes. Um, we also offer a great developer experience, which we've spent a lot of time developing and improving over the years. 
Um, and we're trusted. We hear from a lot of users that um, the fact that PaaS is developed um, by the public sector for the public sector is a really good thing for our users. Um, it helps avoid lock-in with expensive suppliers and it feels much more collaborative as well. Um, and overall, we're offering teams much better value for money than, than some of the commercial providers out there. Do you ever have people coming in thinking they know what PaaS is and you've got to clear up a couple of misconceptions? I mean, I think we have people who maybe think they can use PaaS in a slightly different way to the way that they they do. But um, I mean, I would say some of the common misconceptions are that um, it's only for developers. And actually, that's not true at all. We do have um, a, a number of designers using GovDeK Plus to host their prototypes. Um, so yes, we, we do have some misconceptions, um, but we're able to clear those up quite easily. Yeah, um, I I suppose more often than not, we get uh, misconceptions the, the other way, as in they don't know what PAS is or aren't clear on sort of the benefits or the purpose for us. Um, a lot of teams uh, we hear from, oh, well, it's only for available for central government. Um, it's made for central government by central government, but that's that's not the case. We've done a lot of work uh, over the years in um, opening up those contracts and focusing on the, the needs of not just central government, but the wider public sector. Uh, so we have um, teams and services from the devolved administrations, um, Northern Ireland, uh, assembly use us like pretty um, extensively. Uh, local authorities use us. NHS use us. College of Policing use us there. So we have uh, representation from right across um, the public sector. Um, and I suppose another kind of um, misconception is that uh, Gov.uk PaaS is only suitable for very simple services, um, such as, as, as I mentioned earlier, sort of a, a static uh, website or something like that. Uh, but uh, again, um, that's not true. We have um, quite, uh, we're, we're a very flexible and powerful platform, actually. And um, some of the uh, um, services that folks might know. So uh, the document checking service is running on Gov.uk PaaS um, and Gov.uk Notify, which is over, certainly over COVID, uh, has become pretty much the UK's notification platform that also um, runs on Gov.uk Pass. So we we have the kind of full spectrum of uh, services living quite happily and running reliably on Gov.uk Pass. I imagine that listeners know maybe of the word cloud, cloud hosting, because we do have a sizable audience in the digital data and technology space. I'm sure they also know that there's commercial providers in this instance. So what motivated government to create this tool rather than just relying on external providers? Gov.uk PaaS, yeah, is not the only platform as a service offering um, or cloud hosting offering that is available to public sector. Um, uh, indeed, there is a um, somewhat confusing uh, overlap with G Cloud where you could procure uh, different types of cloud hosting uh, provider potentially, um, but we um, as Gov.uk PaaS is a platform as a service which um, when it comes to cloud hosting um, and that type of thing is different from infrastructure as a service which 
is generally what um, private sector infrastructure providers um, would provide. And if services or um, teams decide to use that, they will have to stitch together and do all that kind of plumbing themselves because that's sort of more raw materials. And in, and in doing that, we'll have to um, hire um, and recruit um, significant uh, web operations capability. Um, because we are a platform, we've done all that, um, built it once with the needs of government um, at its heart. Um, so to to fit with the um, the kind of MO of uh, the rest of the government as a platform um, product. So government UK Notify, government UK Pay, and ourselves, uh, we built it once so that it can be reused and uh uh, across um, the public sector so that there isn't that same duplication of effort um, and cloud infrastructure and hosting is not a simple kind of area um, and takes a lot of investment um, so it's you know that uh, we've provided um, or invested a lot in that is beneficial hopefully to other service teams. Yeah, definitely. Build once, use many. It's a favorite phrase in, in our organization. So you are working on the product itself. I was wondering if you maybe in user research hear about the kind of challenges people have been able to overcome thanks to WK PaaS or whether you've got uh, a particular case that you'd consider a success story? Yeah, so um, we we hear a lot of the time that um, teams are able to move a lot faster when they are using Gov.uk PaaS. So um, they're able to deploy faster. Um, just generally, it kind of it helps their internal processes. We take away a lot of the work that um, otherwise they might have to do themselves. So some research that we did um, recently around um, users evaluating paths for use. One user actually said to us, largely all of the effort is offloaded onto ourselves. Um, so they see the value for money in that the the service doesn't really feel it very expensive at all. You know, we're taking away a lot of the work that, that users would actually have to do in their teams that's being placed on us. Um, on top of that, um, the support that we offer is really comprehensive. So um, whereas if a team was using um, a commercial competitor of ours, they might be paying quite hefty sums to have a support model in place. Um, with Gov.uk PaaS, they get all of that included um, and um, they get access to 24-7 support. So um, it, it really is a, it's the speed at which people are able to operate. Um, and the fact that they can reduce their team size, they don't have to have um, web ops capability, um, and the fact that overall that these things combined help them um, save money and get better value for money in the long term. Someone is curious to find out more, maybe take their own time to look at information. Where can they go? Uh, yeah, so um, if you'd like to find out more about PaaS and how it works, then you can go to our website, which is cloud.service.gov.uk for more information. If you're already using PaaS, then you can contact our support channel. And again, if you go to cloud.service.gov.uk, um, you'll see um, a support link in the top right hand corner of the page. So obviously we've heard brilliant things about PaaS now, but don't just trust us seeing as we are the organization that developed WK PaaS, we've actually chatted with some tenants. So first off, we will be hearing from Himal Mandalia. Mm -hmm. 
I'm uh, I'm Himmel. Um, so I've joined um, BDS recently as um, head of technology for Gov.UK. I've been working around government digital for about the last six years, working at the Ministry of Justice and uh, the Department of Education. So I've just joined about a month ago. But over the last few months since last year, there's been some experimentation running, some trials around Gov.UK accounts. As part of that trial, the first step was to um, to offer an account along with the Brexit transition checker. So as a user, as a citizen, you you go through a journey, you uh, you get to some answers that you might want, but then you may want personalized notifications when some of that content changes um, and you may want to return journey. You may want to come back and and, and see, see what you selected previously. Um, now that's not been hosted along with the, the sort of main gov.uk stack. Gov.uk is quite a large, um, complex service made up of many, many applications which are hosted in an infrastructure platform that's fairly manually set up and we are shifting uh, over to something that will meet um, our evolving and quite sophisticated needs. But for the experiments, particularly the um, the, the accounts prototype, um, Gov.uk PaaS was the obvious thing to use for that. You know, just get it in there. You can deploy to it easily. You can tear it down. You can spin up additional things. And, you know, in my role as head of technology, I'm quite comfortable with advocating PaaS for any additional things like that. And um, as we, um, you know, as we as we go about replatforming um, a lot of those components for Gov.uk, I definitely want to keep PaaS on the table as an option for some of those services that are very modular, that can just be, be stood up and, um, and, and, and run very easily. Do you mind sharing what you think the advantage is of hosting on Gov.uk PaaS versus other solutions? What things don't you want to have to worry about? What things are just you know, what's termed the undifferentiated heavy lifting. It's really the same for many of these use cases and you just want it to happen magically. You don't want to have to think about it. You don't want anyone doing it. And a lot of that is that that site reliability engineering, the uh, the infrastructure engineering required to create the uh, the environment in which your application lives. And you and this is where this is where PaaS comes in because that's all set up for you. A developer can just issue a few commands and create an environment and launch the app. I was describing this to um, some non-technical um, stakeholders and leadership um, in DFE um, a year or two ago. There was some confusion around, you know, why would we want PaaS when we have a cloud platform already? And I said, well, it's like having access to a, um, a really, really high quality construction site. So you've got your space to, to build your roads and your houses, and you've got these amazing construction tools, but you need um, a level of specialism. You need actual actual architects. Um, you need people that can lay can lay the electricity uh, uh, wires under the road. You need to do a lot of stuff to build a few houses, um, but you have complete control how you set in how you set that up. Has is much more like um, moving into a moving moving into a flat that's just ready, and all you need to do is worry about the furnishing what you're going to put in there um, and that was a very sort of loose uh, sort of metaphor that I kept sort of uh, pushing the boundaries on and it broke a few times but it's 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 pretty much that it's that it's that thing your application just needs somewhere to live you, you just want to take care of that furnishing layer of it and not have to worry about the uh, wiring up the water and the electrics you know organizationally you need a range of options you do need the very low level infrastructure offering for for the things that are very differentiated and you you need to have a very customized infrastructure build. But you also need those things that remove all of that heavy lifting and just let teams put apps out there. And I think um, I've encountered in 
some places a very one-dimensional view of what cloud means. It's 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 basically a um, case of one-size-fits-all solutions, which is which is not really the nuanced view that's needed. The nuanced view is um, ensuring you have the capabilities across the spectrum to handle all of your use cases, and some will be very um, high as infrastructure as a service. But PaaS should definitely be there, and I think the uh, I think I think the zenith of something like that is um, fully self-serve PaaS, um, which is which is where we are with um, WK PaaS. It's 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 great, and uh, we just need to keep iterating it, improving it. wondering if anything particular stuck out to you or um, maybe we can discuss what it is about people working with PaaS that you all go to building and construction metaphors. Uh, yeah, um, well, thanks to Himal um, for speaking so eloquently and positively about gov.uk PaaS. Um, a couple of things sort of jumped out at me that um, it'd be really good to sort of reiterate and one of those is uh, Himal mentioning it's not a there's not it's not a one dimensional one size fits all when it comes to PaaS. There's absolutely no reason why um, services and departments can't use things um, in addition to PaaS or as well as PaaS. Um, so uh, Himal mentioned where there are those really sort of complex or specialized differentiated services, um, then absolutely uh, Gov.uk PaaS probably isn't the platform for for them. Um, but there are also vast swathes of services and applications across government um, that are quite typical sort of three-tier applications as they're kind of known in um, development terms. So there might be a presentation layer and um, a data layer and an application layer all mixing together. They work really well on Gov.uk PaaS, and that essentially is probably the majority of the services that run on Gov.uk, for instance, or um, not on gov.uk, but um, are part of that. So if you're searching for a teacher vacancy, as I've kind of said before, or looking for your energy performance certificate, uh, MHCLG, uh, these are all um, services that run really well on gov.uk pass and take that um, stress or drama away from uh, developers and web ops engineers so they can concentrate on I was just going to add to that something that kind of stood out for me was um, when Himal talked about um, wanting to use Gov.uk PaaS for other applications that they're looking to stand up on um, Gov.uk as well. Um, because we hear that from a lot of our users um, of the platform that once they've used it once, um, quite often they become advocates for Gov.uk PaaS. Um, you know, they are selling it within their own organisations um, and wanting to use uh, GDK Plus for as many things as they can and as many um, services suitable for. Um, and basically ends up with a really strong community of users who are really good at sharing with each other um, and, and sharing the patterns that they use and the way that they do things with, with other users to help them um, understand how they might be able to use the platform for their specific needs, um, which is which is really great. And yeah, and it's nice for us to know that you know once someone's used us once, actually they want to use us again. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying hearing all the positive news about it, and it must be really nice to have that sort of unintended consequence of people becoming these evangelists essentially, and also supporting each other when it comes to the use of it. Next, we'll be hearing from Colin Salasetti and his experience using WK PaaS at the Department for Education. 
Hi, my name is Corinne Salicetti, and I work for Department for Education in the teacher services area. Uh, teacher services is a big area in uh, Department for Education, and our goal is to get excellent teachers for every child. My job title is actually Lead Infrastructure Engineer, and me and my colleague, we take care of the cloud infrastructure for all the services that are developed in teacher services. So Colin, thanks for introducing yourself. You work in teacher services. I was wondering, how does that relate to PaaS? In teacher services, we uh, create and develop a number of services uh, for many for teachers and, and their careers. So we have a number of service teams which do a lot of development. So we need to provide them with the best tools to deploy their services and make it available for the, the public. And PaaS is a very good tool for that. Um, we have different options, but we have experimented with one service, which was uh, teaching vacancies earlier. And this proved a massive success. And then next we expanded to more and more services. For example, Get Into Teaching, which is our main information website for teachers. Um, that's where they can get information about the career. They can get in touch with an advisor. Uh, they can subscribe to events. And they can actually start the process to become a teacher. And it ties well with another service that's also on PaaS called Find Teacher Training. Um, so future candidates can um, find a, a teacher training. So this is a very important website that the providers of training all across England advertise their, their, their courses and the candidates can um, apply for them through the website. And we also have another one, which is a registered trainee teacher, which is also on PaaS. Uh, it's not live yet, but it's almost there, uh, where we can actually track all the, the trainees and see at which stage they are in, in their training and follow them uh, in the beginning of their career. So that's quite a number of uh, different services. It's just growing. So our next question is what the advantage is of hosting on PaaS versus other solutions. Would you mind explaining what the benefit of it is? The first thing is because it's easy compared to uh, different platforms. It's not easy because it's simple. It's easy because the, the, the platform um, packages a lot of features, but the way to use it the interface to use it is it's it's quite easy for us. So we don't actually need a highly skilled specialist, at least in the beginning, to get on board uh, with PaaS. So a service team with developers, they can manage themselves to deploy to to PaaS uh, without any assistance, at least in the in the first stages. It's very important that it's a very flexible platform, and we can deploy. Uh, the production website, but we can deploy many test websites if we need to. And we can deploy a new one for to test something in particular. And then we can destroy it because we don't need it again and we don't need to pay for it again. So 
that this flexibility is very important. And it also makes it very cost effective because we only pay for what we use. And when we don't need it, we can scale down or just delete it. I was wondering if you have a user story that relates to the service that shows why it was a good idea to go with Paz. I, I got a very good example in the actually in the other part of the um, department. After teaching vacancies, which was the, the, the first, it became obvious that Paz was a good choice and some other teams adopted it as well in, in DFE. So you may have heard of the laptops that we delivered to uh, all the schools for the disadvantaged kids who to help them do the homeschooling. This was done thanks to a, a program called Get Help with Tech. And this was built very quickly and it was built on PaaS from day one. And PaaS proved that that was very important because uh, we were able to build very quickly and iterate very quickly until we got the service right and we were able to deliver to all the schools in, in England. So I was wondering, if I was a member of a different government department or a different team, how would you convince me to use GovUK PaaS? Um, first of all, the, the reasons I already explained that it's easy to use, the, the, the learning curve is very easy. This flexibility is amazing as well, and that's really cost effective. It's also very important that it's provided by government. It's not a, a separate commercial platform. It is actually provided by GDS. So all the security assurance has already been done and it's assured uh, up to uh, different levels of confidentiality. So you don't actually, in your department, you don't actually need to do that work again because it was already done by GDS. And another thing is that because it's supported by GDS and we have an amazing relationship with them and we get an excellent support from, that, from them, from the people who build and actually run the platform and we have direct contact with them. And they also here 24 seven in case of, a, of any issue. So it's a great experience to, to run things on paths. So that was Colin. I also want to hasten to add, he was very concerned with appearing impartial because he did work at GDS previously on paths. So I just wanted to make sure that he was completely representing DFE only. And that's the impartial version. Well, that's that's good to hear. I think your chair just laughed. Uh, yeah, potentially. Uh, no, uh, we've been working with DFE and Colin for, for a long time. Um, it's great that um, Colin is uh, still enjoying the benefits of uh, our platform. Anything stand out? Otherwise, I was wondering, um, he mentioned, for instance, the really good support that you provide. And I think, Claire, you mentioned that as well coming out in your user research interviews. Uh, yeah, that comes up a, a lot um, when we talk to our users because it's part of um, what makes PaaS so cost effective for people. But it's also, um, it, it means that people feel reassured um, that they're going to get the help and support. They get, you know, responsive. There's a really quick turnaround time for, for responses and um, we offer it not just through our um, support platform called Zendesk but also through Slack um, so that there's multiple channels that people can use to get that support um, and they will always be speaking to somebody from the team as Colin said who is well versed in the platform very experienced and um, and quite often the team um, will 
pair on them if they're trying to troubleshoot or, or problem solve something. Um, and often help them fix problems that um, are not actually a past problem. It might be that there's a problem with the, their code there end, and quite often the past team help identify that. So there's a lot of added value in that support package um, for our users. That seems to chime a lot as well with what Colin is talking about in terms of it being a really good test environment, in terms of being able to try things out, see if they work or not. Is that a common kind of use case across government? Yeah, it's um, that we we support um, services and applications running from everything from discoveries and alphas, um, as Colin's kind of mentioning, sort of uh, quick prototypes to check the viability. Um, as Claire mentioned earlier, designers using um, it to test out and iterate sort of content and things like that. So you've got that at the, at the sort of start of the journey, but also all the way up to running mature products and services that uh, teams do iterate on and improve those as well after going live, as it were. It's in a sort of roundabout roundabout way, both Colin and Himal mentioned um, that things like infrastructure as a service and IaaS um, and requiring real expertise and specialists and quite often in government and uh, early on in those services when they're getting up and running will rely on suppliers and um, external parties to come in maybe contractors to come in and build um, things and if they're built with incredibly specialist skills then that becomes really difficult to maintain in the long term when the build team might have moved on to other projects for instance Having a platform like gov.uk PaaS enables services to only need to recruit and employ developers that they need and not the additional specialisms and that kind of thing so that they can quickly iterate and test things out and not be at risk of uh, not being able to support what they're doing over the long term. So yeah, it's what Colin said kind of brings a tear to the eye, right? In terms of being able to quickly build those things on a supported platform that can then enable support to folks in lockdown that really need help with education and homeschool. We always love it when our services have that direct impact. I think it's a lot more relatable to people to say, I've got my kid a refurbished laptop rather than saying that now you can get your document checked because obviously document checking service is much more a business to business kind of environment, isn't it? We've heard from some of the people who are using WK Paz about why they like it and about how your team develops it. But I think it's time now to share some WK Paz fast facts with our listeners. As a starter for 10, can you tell me whether there's maybe a, a record for how fast a service was stood up via WK Paz? Even though we uh, from a development point of view, you can do a CF push and your application is running in minutes. In terms of actual um, real-life bona fide services, the Shielded Vulnerable People Service, um, as part of the support for uh, people shielding um, and to get them support during coronavirus, um, the there was a first kind of pull request um, on that service uh, at sort of 4 p.m. on a Thursday and the service itself went live when the Prime Minister um, uh, announced it on, on the Monday. So you know, within the space of four days, you've got something stood up and running on PaaS uh, and the first uh, care packages um, or support packages um, delivered to people within a week kind of thing, which... Yeah, uh, at the beginning when 
you know, it seems like a long time ago now as this was almost, almost, almost a year ago. It was like indispensable to be to have um, Gov.uk UK PaaS and the other common platforms as well, Gov.uk Notify and um, Gov.uk Pay as ways to very quickly, cheaply and easily stand up new services. So four days to support uh, uh, the Vulnerable People Service was a, a really nice thing to do. I don't know if it's a record, but it's a good, good story. If you want to hear more about how the service was stood up, you can listen to our February episode of the podcast. Clearly, GovUK PaaS has had an important part to play in the UK government response to coronavirus. But what other services do you host that you think listeners might be surprised by? It's not only Gov.uk um, design system services and things like that. Um, uh, as, as mentioned, NHS, local authorities, various kind of things are hosted. I think the probably most unusual uh, service um, that is hosted on Gov.uk PaaS is called Cosmic Bazaar. And not bizarre as in unusual, although it is unusual, bazaar as in uh, market or souk, I suppose, um, which is a forecasting platform for uh, economists to hone their yeah, forecasting and um, valuation skills uh, as part of the cabinet office. So that was an unusual one to uh, be posed with. Claire, I'm thinking that across all of these various services that are being stood up on PaaS, the user research element of it was probably still going to remain consistent, even as the applications vary across the bazaar uh, to the mundane. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yes, we have a really wide variety of services. um, But within that, we have uh, a kind of core set of different types of users. They fit into, um, you know, a certain user type that we see, um, which means that we can build the product around those user types rather than uh, building and designing the product around very kind of specific niche services. Um, yeah, so my final question is just about whether you've known about any other governments taking advantage of our research here. For instance, Notify, we've been quite grateful and flattered where the Australian government, the Canadian government, the Department for Veteran Affairs in America, they've used the Git hub, basically forked it and made their own variations of it. I was wondering, have you heard about that being the case maybe for PaaS? We actually have a bit of a kind of community ourselves with other other PASs from around the world. Um, so our PAS, um, Gov.uk PAS, is built on a technology called Cloud Foundry, uh, the abstraction layer, I suppose, away from the raw infrastructure um, that um, Colin and others kind of talked about. Um, and as well as ourselves, also the Australian government um, and the uh, American government, um, cloud.gov, use um, Cloud Foundry as well. So there's been quite a lot of sharing between um, our teams. Um, so 18F was the uh, kind of equivalent of GDS um, uh, in America. We have quite frequent contact with them. Um, we have shared our repos we've used some of their repos uh, so yeah there's uh, a lovely global community of cloud foundry and um, paz users that's so great like i know we do a lot of international work but it's it's really quite heartening to see that what you know that we're collaborating internationally in something that's so important what a lovely note to end on right 
So yeah, thank you so much to all of our guests for coming on today. You can listen to all of the episodes of the Government Digital Service Podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. The transcripts are available on Podbean. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.